Hey folks, welcome to the Freakopolis Times, our podcast mostly about stuff related to our comics and game shop, the Freakopolis Geekery. We're Ian, Tyler, and Troy, and we run the shop and talk to people all the time, just like in this podcast. Join us and some occasional guests as we talk comics, games, pop culture, and just about anything else that pops up. Remember, while some of our topics may get a little geeky, they change up pretty often, so hang in there and maybe the next one will be more your style. By the way, this podcast is video enhanced on YouTube and Spotify. Check it out that way if you like visuals with your talk. You never know what might show up. Now, let's do the show. Here's the ongoings that everyone's actually talking about. What? Twitter. Twitter. You ever seen someone blow $42 billion or whatever? 44. 44. Wow. At that point, it makes a big difference. Yeah. 44 <laughs> billion. Mm-hmm. To avoid getting thrown in prison. What does he do? Round it into the ground. Yeah, it's an interesting ongoing train wreck, which is always kind of fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. I never particularly have an issue when a social media platform crashes and burns because I seldom partake in any of them. But this one, I, I wouldn't have predicted, you know, three years ago that Twitter was on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, how is Facebook going to outlast Twitter? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, they're just making bad choices, but I don't think they're actively trying to kill Facebook. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> they fooled me. Where Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is like, yeah, the the owner is seems to be actively trying to commit seppuku there. Yeah, and truly, some interesting means of going about that with some very. Uh, Edgelord memes going on, allowing Donald Trump his unwanted platform back. It's really uh, a goddamn mess, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point, I don't think anybody's even actually working there. <laughs> like, everybody's locked out. Everybody that remains is, is like, locked out. It's running on, uh, because it's on rails. Uh, but if it fails, uh, they're they're not sure it will actually come back up. What a wild use of money to uh, spend that entire fortune just to lay off some thousands of people. I saw also mm-hmm. internationally that the the heads of you know the French department of Twitter are like, "It's over. Yep, <laughs> we're <Yeah>. out." <laughs> yeah, the French CEO of Twitter quit, mm-hmm. resigned, walked out, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess Musk has so much money at this point, it really doesn't much matter. I think, uh, even if he had to scrub all the losses associated with Twitter, he'd still have like $186 billion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, that's absurd. Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if uh, anyone should be able to have that much social impact because of their wealth as to be able to take a company. So ubiquitously known, you know, there's phones that come with Twitter pre-installed and stuff and uh, just tear it to the ground in the course of like a month. Pretty wild how that's going over. But it does speak to a, a new age in social media when, when the kings fall, the princes come for the crown. So you got to wonder... 
how that niche is going to be filled moving mm-hmm. forward. Well, it'd be interesting to see what happens too. Like, uh, I read that Phil Schiller, the vice president of Apple today in charge of the app store, he deleted his Twitter account. Uh-huh. And it does make you start to wonder. I mean, he's got a lot of pull. He's a, he's an important guy at Apple. He's been there forever. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, he might decide that, hey, let's just pull Twitter from the App Store. Uh, and if they do that, Twitter's toast. Yeah, it's essentially uh, the death blow. Yeah. But yeah, you were checking out uh, a new platform, Dad. Yeah, Freakopolis has a presence already on Mastodon, which seems like one of the possible uh, uh, sort of systems that will... Rise from the ashes of Twitter. Possible usurpers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is definitely a much more sort of fair and people-driven hmm. uh, platform. It doesn't have anywhere near the amount of users that Twitter does. It doesn't have a fraction. Uh, but who knows? You know, over the next uh, couple of weeks, a lot can change. People are going to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to return to Facebook. Uh, TikTok is too, it's not really social media. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's kind of entertainment driven. Yeah. You know, I think there's now more and more an appeal towards kind of the, uh, potentially anonymous forums and messaging boards and stuff. Uh, just like back in the old days of the interwebs. But now you see quite a few folks, of course, making their way towards Reddit and Discord where you can come up with your own username and uh, only join communities that interest your, or focus on your interests. Mm-hmm. And that's, only, only as public as you want to be. Yeah, I think that's a cool angle. I, I wouldn't be necessarily displeased to see that, though. Generally, when groups like that gain a huge influx of people all at once, it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens because... Um, People now have become accustomed to, like, sharing every minute of their lives. Yeah. Um, And with Facebook gone, you know, on its way out, and Twitter on its way out, like, you do have to wonder, where are they going to do that? Where are they going to do these broad sharing? I think COVID uh, sort of put that on a downward turn. Yeah, true enough, right? You don't really people are see getting, people doing that nearly as much. Yeah, more used to just living their life, maybe showing their loved ones and friends, but a little less putting Every it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Though, what does seem to be consistent throughout it all, from the early days of the internet to now, is YouTube. YouTube, I don't think, is going anywhere. (laughs) I don't think YouTube can be displaced. Yeah. It's it's sort of the archive of everything. All video media. And, yeah, it's just so much. It it is, it's today's encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's where you go to learn something that you need to learn how to do really quickly. Or um, all kinds of sharing yeah, I don't think YouTube's going anywhere anytime soon. No, I mean, their infrastructure and ability to to upload so much content. Every minute, there's thousands of minutes of video being put up on YouTube. 
uh, I don't think anyone has the infrastructure, the, the server racks, the, the Indiana Jones warehouses filled with servers mm-hmm. that allow you to pull off that kind of uh, hosting of such a scale, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Because of that, yeah, YouTube, I think, will be a mainstay for yet a generation to come. At least. But the other ones, yeah, much more tumultuous positions, more so than you would think. Especially when they're snatched up by megalomaniacs and, you know, burnt to a crisp. (laughs) He's... I still remember when, like, back in the day, Elon Musk was actually kind of cool. He had some wacky ideas and stuff. And now it's just like, oh. The more more of a public figure he became, the more deranged he became. (laughs) Apparently so. He's kind of like the uh, Ozymandias of... The real world, if Ozymandias was much, much less. <laughs> <laughs> a lesser Ozymandias. Yeah, yeah, literally, though. Like, Dr. Manhattan would not even bother speaking with Elon Musk. <laughs> you know what's been getting a lot of attention here at Freakopolis? It's our new pinball machine. Yeah, the new Star Wars machine. Oh, man, that thing is phenomenal. You gotta love seeing a new board in the shop and getting to learn it. I just figured out how to get the TIE Fighter multi-ball pretty mm. consistently, but pinball, just as a general concept, still really cool. It was cool a long while ago, and it's cool now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are discovering that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most a lot of people of a certain age... I've never played one before. Uh, you know, it's surprising the amount of people that we teach how to play pinball. Yeah, yeah, sure. Even at the basic, the most basic level. Pull mm-hmm. back the plunger. Here's where the flippers are. Yeah. yeah. How to operate the flippers. Don't just slam the flippers over and over and over and over again if you're <laughs> hoping to get anywhere. Right. <laughs> that is a, a strangely consistent technique sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and generally people slam them both simultaneously. Yes. Um, Which is especially interesting. Yeah. They just hope that their rhythmic attack at it will will end up getting them the win, whereas they'll never learn the true strategy of the precision of mm-hmm. a pinball board, which really is the glory of it. You know, once you start knowing how to nail those ramp shots and get the multi-balls and stuff, showing off to your friends while you play, mm-hmm. uh, that stuff is a ton of fun. Really sets it aside as kind of a physical game, you know? Oh, yeah. It takes some skill to know when the ball is in the right spot on the flipper to go up the left ramp. You know, yeah, yeah. Or the right, or any of those things. It's a true blend of man and machine. But this Star Wars one also doesn't shy away from a digital aspect either, with a really, really fine screen on it that displays, like, over 400 clips from the original Star Wars trilogy. And some of them are freaking hilarious. Like, <laughs> having Han yell at you, What the hell are you doing? And <laughs> you don't hit anything for like 10 seconds. is like, give me a break, man. I'm trying. <laughs> yep. And when you lose the ball and Yoda tells you, Control. You must learn control. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, Yoda. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wow, actually, yeah, the, the stuff related to the Force 
seems to line up really well it with does. pinball. Right. So. Though I do get why Luke felt so patronized okay. <laughs> by Yoda. He can be kind of patronized. He truly is. He's like, by the way, garbage you are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have to say it's probably by far, I played quite a few rounds this week, and it's mm-hmm. probably by far my favorite pinball machine we've had in the shop so far. Yeah. Although, I, that thing, it will get going very, very fast. The, the ball will come down that table really fast, and to the point where I had it jump completely over the flippers... Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just be airbound the whole time, jump over the flippers and go down the drain. <laughs> I know, the, the tenacity of that glass they put over the board can be pretty impressive sometimes because those little metal balls are pretty hefty. They can carry a lot of momentum behind them. Sometimes when it thwacks against it, you're like, oh, but it always ends up surviving. They're, they're built to sustain such play. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But in general, yeah, very high speed, really looking for those multi-balls so that you can keep the round going a little bit extra longer. And it kind of compares to the speed of our Spider-Man machine right next to it, the Amazing Spider-Man. Or is it Spectacular? Oh, I can't remember. Amazing. Is it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, it's based on the cartoon. Uh, yeah. And that one, unlike the Star Wars one, has a pin in between the flippers, which you might be familiar mm-hmm. with if you've seen a few pinball machines before. And that pin... I think represents your your spider senses, you know, right? Your ability to uh, save things at the very last moment. But damn, does it help sometimes compared to the Star Wars one, where it's just like, oh, ah, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it can. What it goes right down the middle, and if you just don't even try and hit it with the flippers, it can hit that pin mm-hmm. and get uh, sent back up for a good shot. It's a risk. It is. That can happen sometimes even on the machines without the pins. Oh, true enough. Yeah, you can let it fall through, and Mm -hmm. if it's at the right angle, it'll bounce right back up onto the flipper. But yeah, my goodness, you got to be trusting to let something like that happen. Usually it's not on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) It's just luck and happenstance. Yeah, it's a little bit luck. Though, there was the uh, Supreme Court case that proved that pinball is a game of skill. Mm -hmm. Because they were going to classify it as gambling and not let anyone who was a minor play pinball, uh, but then once they were able to show that a complete newcomer to a pinball machine could easily be outplayed by someone who's learned the way the board works, uh, they recognized that it is, in fact, a game of skill, which is a pretty cool distinction. I'm glad they figured that out. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot more control than you think you do. Right. And what about, uh, I mean... I have not tilted the uh, the Star Wars machine yet. Have, have you guys? I haven't had to. Yeah, it needs needs little. It seems you can really keep it under control pretty well if you if you learn those combos. Yeah, the the very right hand column though for like the the farthest right uh, drain mm-hmm. gets most. That's where I lose most of yeah, my. Yeah, balls. yes. However, you can light up and escape. Uh, what is it? Flasher on it. Yeah. And then yeah. when it goes down that right drain, it'll you save your ball, ball back. Yeah. Which is a pretty sweet deal for sure. I also love some of the, yeah, it has that screen that not only displays clips from the movie, but also gives you mini games. Uh, like when you hit the TIE Fighter, you button mash in order to 
shoot down a whole squadron of TIE fighters, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Or there's the asteroid field, which has to make your way through in the Millennium Falcon. Amazing. Freaking fun as hell. Yeah, Yeah, it's a it's a it's a video game. It's a full-on video game at that point. And then the real surprise though is when when it concludes, when the video aspect of it concludes. That ball gets dropped, and you gotta like return your attention yeah, back yeah. to the table because Jump to uh, it, yeah. yeah, because that ball is going to be coming and heading straight toward the center <laughs> drain. They even have some pretty original setups where, like, there's the uh, Ben Kenobi versus Darth Vader duel. Oh, it's amazing when it plays those clips. Yeah, yeah, back ben. and forth depending on what ramp you go up. Exactly, Ben's final fight good. there. Yeah, yeah, and you end up. Uh, Really, if you can play to the event super well, then you can trigger a very fluid kind of lightsaber duel that you didn't necessarily get in the movies, but it looks pretty awesome, for mm. sure. And it lights the whole thing up all uh, red and blue LEDs in there. are Super, super bright. Really gorgeous. Yeah. But yeah, Yoda. Have you ever played a pinball machine, man? Why you gotta? Why you gotta be so judgy? Yoda's <laughs> definitely the pinball master. I, how could you tell if he was or wasn't? He, he was, wouldn't even have to use the flippers. He would just exactly make his way through the force. It's baloney. Never face a Jedi in a pinball tournament. That's the takeaway. So the fact that we have those pinball machines, though, um, it's interesting that uh, Whiz Kids makes. A pinball tabletop board game. Yeah, there's super that, skill pinball. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a whole really different kind of like, it's not what you expect. No. Uh, it, and it really does an interesting job of recreating the experience of playing pinball. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it kind of has the action, it has the theme, it has the, the feel for it. But then it's also a bit like Yahtzee or, you know, some sort of dice pooling game where you're trying to create combinations of, of dice and you're rolling handfuls of, uh, of dice in order to get uh, very specific com- combinations of dice. Yeah, it, it has the feel of kind of like lighting up the extra ball and making that shot or, or completing events or uh, hitting the bumpers and stuff. But at the same time, of course, uh, you're making your way through a board game style experience where, yeah, dice are involved. There's a bit of luck and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's much like real pinball in that, like, uh, you know, a ball can last as long as it lasts. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no defined duration for how much you can play a ball. It, it's all a matter of can you make the right dice rolls and do you choose to, uh, you know, shoot the ball into the right zones. Overall, it's a lot of fun, and we, you know, uh, right now we've we've actually got. I haven't tried it yet, but the, uh, the a new holiday version of that game. Yeah, so. there's the, the freaking elf Christmas story. Oh, what's the other one? A family vacation Christmas. Aha! Uh-huh. It, it takes all of these iconic. Movies. Holiday movies yeah. and uh, slams them together onto one board. Which is well, there's no, there's three boards. Is there? Yeah, there's three different tables in that in that box set. Oh, that's freaking ah, cool! Well. So you can play the elf board. Yes. <laughs> yep. Very interesting. Well, that's the one everyone's going to be in on. You know, I saw they have Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan Reynolds for a new 
Christmas movie. Yeah, they're doing a Christmas It looks like a Scrooge... Uh, Readaptation. Yeah. Really. tap dancing. <laughs> yeah, right. There does seem to be tap dancing. I, I, I think there's been musical versions of Scrooge in, oh, absolutely. in the past, so uh, that's not entirely out of the question. No, but uh, those are definitely two big names. That's on Apple TV, I believe. And uh, funny that they would be able to get two monstrous comedic forces together so quietly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, honestly, I had seen nothing for this until it, I think it's out or is about to come out. And I was watching something else entirely unrelated. And they were just like, by the way, Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds getting together for this. It's like, that sounds interesting. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is it a Deadpool Christmas special? I bet you there will be at least one reference. There should be. <laughs> it looks funny, though. It does look funny. Absolutely. We talked a little bit about some upcoming games in our last episode. Uh, and I wanted to make some points about the AAA industry and its current trajectory, what they like doing. In particular, these Sony first-party games, like God of War, which... I was uh, quite hyped over and unsurprisingly managed to receive great critical acclaim. You know, 94 out of 100 Metacritic game. It's really, really generally considered to be pretty phenomenal. And I won't disagree, and my argument will come off like I do. <laughs> That's not the point. I do think it is a really good game for exactly what it's attempting to, to present, to make happen. But I do wonder if these developers have somewhat forgotten that video games are an interactive medium and not movies. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, I'm going to come back to what I've said about those before. Like, like, to me, God of War looks like a super version of the old Laserdisc games like Dragon's Lair. Yeah, we brought up Dragon's Lair like forever ago on this podcast. And yeah, the, the general concept of like, it's more than half cinematics, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what, you know, it clearly expects you to, you know, it gives you some agency in that you can fight the creature however it is you choose to fight the creature. Mm-hmm. But. In all likelihood, you know, the 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 uh, main character is going to use his axe weapon or the kid is going to use his bow or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you're going to beat that thing and you're going to move on and you're going to see the next cutscene or whatever. And this is the way that the old Dragon's Lair Laserdisc movies used to work. It's like, you do the right thing and that means you live and that means you see the cutscene yeah. and then you move on to the next thing. That is the same general concept. And... God of War, the new one, uh, is in fact, this is due to it being a cross-gen game, it did release on PlayStation 4, uh, it's pretty linear, you know, you're kind of making your way through hallways, there's these combat encounters, sometimes you can branch off a little bit to find a chest or whatever, complete a little puzzle, but you're always completing a puzzle, fighting a mini-boss, going through a combat encounter, watching a cutscene. Like, that's essentially the order of operations, you know, and... It feels tired. Not that I advocate for everything to be open world either, 
but it definitely is like, oh, I've I've seen this a lot ever since Uncharted One. This has been a, a stable of Sony games, you know. This is one of the reasons why I pretty much only play multiplayer games mm-hmm. is because it seems to remove that play style. Yeah, yeah. Right there, it's a lot more open and unpredictable. Uh, what's what's going to happen? It, it it doesn't reset you back to the beginning if you fail, just to do basically exactly the same thing until you win. You know. Unfortunately, you do find that for a lot of devs of big multiplayer games, shared shared world shooters and stuff, they find the multiplayer component is a good excuse not to really flesh out a narrative very much. Oh right, know? yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's true. They they don't they can't mm-hmm. get as deeply into the story as the single player ones do. But yeah, on the other hand, uh, the experience is. Less predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. The question is, why can't they, though? Mm-hmm. They totally, if they had some good reasons for why you're playing multiplayer, they totally could. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous how many of these games fail to put all the characters in the cutscene. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's four players at max in the party, why wouldn't I show up? Why do I have to watch the party leader do everything and be the chosen hero when obviously we're all that person together, you know? Right. Because multiplayer is an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and yeah, even making a story, which strangely enough, they opt to do this more often than not. Why make a story that has a singular chosen hero when you're forced to team up with people all the time to complete, like, <laughs> any of the end game content or whatever requires you to find more people, the chosen hero doesn't have to do things like that, you know? And now there's a bunch, everybody's a chosen hero. Yeah, yeah, now we have a conflicting narrative because, oh, you got the, the sword of the great gods as well? Because I, I thought I went through the whole deal to get that myself. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, games like even World of Warcraft did a pretty good job of having a lot of story um, where each individual was able to experience the important aspects of the story. But the fact that there were so many other players involved meant that every every time you logged in, it was, you know, you, you couldn't be sure how things were going to go or, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I, I enjoyed that a lot. And, and really, I, you know, I've, I've looked for multiplayer games since the earliest days of multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Um, but e- even, even Pong, to me, was more interested, interesting than a lot of other more fully fleshed out games because the other player made such a difference in, in my experience. Yeah, you know, we've thoroughly enjoyed games like Neverwinter Nights, quite a dated isometric RPG. And I wonder why why isn't there a, a newer, bigger version of this game? Right, why has Baldur's Gate 3 or or any of the uh, Pathfinder uh, isometric RPGs done anything close to what Neverwinter Nights did in terms of its multiplayer? Yeah, yeah, lacking in multiplayer... It, I mean, I get that it's kind of a invested endeavor to be able to make a game focused on that aspect, but I think 
devs would be surprised by how many people would be pumped for a four-player adventure. You know, people have pined for four-player Skyrim since Skyrim came out, you know? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Like, why? And it doesn't need to be this microtransaction-laden mmo light monster experience. It could just be like an open-world RPG mm-hmm. where you can each make a character and adventure together. Like, even if only one person talks to everybody and, and mm-hmm. gets you all the quests, you're just his companions. The closest thing Who would care? I can think is, is Borderlands, honestly. They are the ones Gearbox, for all their faults, have consistently delivered on a four-player RPG where you... Or up to four-player RPG. Where you face enemies like it's vastly PvE and you... Right. You gather loot and you go across big environments and stuff, you know? What is so difficult about that? It seems like a winning formula, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't call Borderlands an RPG. Uh, I guess you build a character in it, but there is no no uh, like quests you go on. So. There is <laughs> RPG as a genre is insanely broad. I guess so. Anything can be an RPG. I mean, <laughs> it pales in comparison to even Neverwinter Nights, though. True, but Need for Speed Underground 2 is an RPG. <laughs> sure. And no. it pales in comparison to a game that's 30 years old. Yes, <laughs> yeah, true enough. You know, the, I think that the general concept of local co-op sadly fell off in favor of the MMO. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be, not a middle ground, but I feel like there's got to be some indie dev out there who's trying to harken back to the days of, of couch co-op and joining each other on an, in an RPG that is really just you and your heroes, you know? Not a huge, ever-changing, impossible promise. <laughs> Laden with nine ninety nine cosmetics. Yeah. And a season pass, and a, a dungeon pass, and a raid pass, and, you know, mm-hmm. how much do I have to pay you every three months? It's like, why not a... You can even charge me 70 bucks. <laughs> if it's pretty good and is a whole thing from the get-go, you know? <laughs> Would you rather accept a drink from Han Solo or John Luke Picard? <laughs> John Luke Picard, all the way. Really? Yeah. Give your reasoning. I feel like he could make a, a mad cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> and and I would have no doubt that it would be, you know, some super aged brandy from Earth and and it's definitely not poisoned. Like, it's definitely a good, good, safe, you know, drink. Han, I would not be so confident. Yeah, Han, badly in debt. Probably gets you the uh, sloshiest of slum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably pretty stiff. Probably some of that. He probably roofie you. Right, well, that's, that's what I'm worried about. That was going to be the real follow-up question, is roofie percentage yeah. <laughs> chance between yeah. the two of them? Oh, it's way higher with Han. Is it? Oh, yeah. It's way higher with Han, but it's not out of the question <laughs> with John Luke Picard. That's true. That's what I was going Under what circumstances would John Luke Picard roofie you? Like, yeah. if, if, if you were going to give the Klingon some yeah. Federation information, perhaps. Or yeah. Whatever. 
Yeah, he might roofie you. Yeah. Or if you if he handed you the drink and you were like, ah, the Borg Collective thanks you, sipped it, he'd be like, actually, I have a particular drink in mind for you. <laughs> <laughs> but but Han might just roofie you. Just because. Yeah. You know what? That's Oops. so true. <laughs> <laughs> just to rob you. But, that one was for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. If it was meant for him or something, he gives it to you. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Dude is kind of a scumbag, isn't he? <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think they showed him to have a noble spirit, but mm. that doesn't stop him from roofing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, which Star Wars slash Star Trek character do you think would be most likely to roofie someone? Uh, oh, wow. Job of the Hutt's up there. C-3PO. C-3PO? <laughs> I think C-3PO so. invites you to a drink, you're afraid he's going to roofie you? I'd be a little worried. What's he going to do to you? I don't know, man. He's got a lot of languages to... <laughs> Call me names with or something. Uh, who, who's okay? Which uh, which Star Trek character uh, would it be uh, Guinan or Quark? <laughs> now I don't really know much about them. Quark runs too much of a respectable establishment. Which historical figure would you trust to keep you safe most? Gandhi or? Mother Teresa. Well, they, they have to be both loyal and trustworthy. As in uh, capable of protecting you. I feel like Gandhi and Mother Teresa would get pretty bodied by like uh, Alexander the Great. What if they have to talk their way past the assailants? You think they could change them? Show them the error of their ways and, and stop them from assassinating you? I think they would try, though I would love to see both of them fight in a cage. <laughs> like a Thunderdome style. <laughs> right after... Freaking, uh, we call that the Devil's Bird Cage. <laughs> right after Calvul and... and uh, Hemsworth. Hemsworth will have... Gandhi and Mother Teresa. <laughs> Gandhi versus Mother <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> Plays your best. Fair knuckle. Gandhi gets the staff, of course. Yeah, I don't think it'd be fair. She gets a book, or like a ruler, probably, meter stick. Sharpened. Damn. <laughs> I think Gandhi'd have the moves, though. Yeah. Was he that Marshall? If you wanted to He's be. He's probably, probably did yoga. <laughs> he probably did, yes. He did. Certainly that prepares him for combat. <laughs> well, you know. Mother <laughs> Teresa's got that Catholic rage. It's true, she's probably pretty mean. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Yeah. She has at least one level in Barbarian, as all Catholic school teachers do. <laughs> I can attest to it. I went to Catholic school. They were angry? They were angry people. Take your bets. Going, going back around the roofies or... Roofies or cage fights. Cage fights. <laughs> <laughs> and that about does it for this one. If you like hanging with us, please subscribe through your favorite podcast directory. Join our Discord and check out our shop, The Frigopolis Geekery. See you next time.